Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, Thirsty Luke, Luke Gledall, whose Spotify wrapped somehow featured Rebecca Lucy Taylor's self-esteem three times alongside the obligatory entries for Singing the Blues and Hi-Ho Silver Lining. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good, Rich. That's uh, that's really not far off the truth. I think I, I spent I spent seven hours virtually with the wonderful Rebecca Lucy Taylor. Just the real shame that it wasn't IRL. <laughs> oh, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? As Dizzy Rascal said. <laughs> He did also say sweet as a nut, sweet like Tropicana, hit you on the head, has splits like banana. He did. Which I remembered and recalled the other day. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm old school like Happy Shopper. That was good. I like that line. Yeah, that was good. Do they still exist? I think they're long long dwindled into existence, uh, into non-existence, I think. That's a real shame. So They had had quite a good uh, sweet selection, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good place, and that happy little chap on the uh, on the bag. Spice, exactly, had a nice beaming smile, lovely. Yeah, well, it was was a treat. Um, so we we're recording. I'm straight back from the match, so I am. I I was eating crisps all the way home. Uh, so I'm hot. (laughs) I'm drinking diet coke. So I'm hopped up on a on a collection of uh, adrenaline. Uh, sodium and caffeine which is is quite a potent mixture Uh, so this could be you know we could go in some spiraling directions here this could uh, what flavor of crisps were you uh, were you eating just some straight up salty salty ruffles they were in fact ruffles they were for your pleasure yes Mm, lovely yeah that's that's room for more salt (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the the crash in about half an hour's time, when uh, when all of that that juice runs out, um, it's, it, it, you know it could get messy. There could be tears, so we'll we'll uh, we'll move swiftly along, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll without further ado. Breaking hoo-hoos. There's been a there's been a few bits and pieces of in terms of breaking hoo-hoos or breaking news. It's uh, uh, yeah, and it's also it's almost felt like there's been so much kind of bits of news. Weirdly, it's kind of reminded me of the international break, and then it's weirdly just made me think it's felt so long to this game, even yeah. though it's really just a week. What what is up with that? How does the how does the news cycle kind of affect fill the void? Well, this was this was this was the Premier League's week. They they finally got a bit of spotlight from the Championship, um, and in the UK, every single Premier League game was available to watch on uh, the Amazon Prime yes. streaming service. Yeah. So the Championship had to make way to uh, to leave leave that door open for them because otherwise nobody would have paid any attention to the Premier League. And Amazon Prime have rights to like thirty games, so basically free rounds, free game weeks so to speak, of the Prem, which is, is it something like that or is it even less? Something, something like, like 20 that. matches or something. It's the it's the weirdest and shittest football TV deal that I think has ever been kicking around. And, and that's why I guess they were pulling that really bizarre shit with, uh, oh, we'll have all these games kick off at 7.30. Apart from one or two, we'll have them kick off at 8.15. 
And there was some early. It was staggered. Uh, this was it was a weird thing. It was a weird thing to be part of. And we were and we were actively and regularly encouraged to um, consume across different devices. They kept saying, "You can have one on your TV. You can have one on your phone, and another on your tablet." Uh, so yeah, that's how you, you have to watch. Get it all in. Watch the one game you care about, another one you don't care about as much, and a third that you literally couldn't care a jot about at the same time. Like a disinterested security guard. Yes. Nothing ever happens in Sector Three. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday, oh guys. Oh dear. Filling the. Uh, Filling the championship uh, football void uh, was, yeah. was some news. We did. And also, I, one thing I've completely forgotten about, we were just doing a quick recap before we started recording. One thing that's completely bypassed me because it's so horrendously underwhelming is the third round FA Cup draw. Of course. A real um, bum tie. Maybe not a maybe plum tie. We have got the classic Wednesday tie. We, we, I, 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 I know there's confirmation bias uh involved in this so don't correct me uh but we always get a premier league type team who are more than good enough to beat us comfortably but mm. in, in no way exciting to anybody including both the teams involved and any prevent any potential kind of uh tv the, coverage yeah, so there's yeah. no kind of great bolster there um it's down in oh brighton could you imagine having to go down to brighton on a weekend to watch Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I think Brighton as a as a place to visit for your weekend is quite a a, a nice thing potentially. But I guess yeah, so. To, it's just it's a, to watch it's a, Brighton versus Wednesday. There is almost the worst thing you can possibly do. Yes, very much so. And a real, uh, it's a real long visit to uh, watch Wednesday kind of limp out of the cup. I imagine. Yep, with our cobbled together third choice team against the cobbled together third choice team of Brighton. What a treat! What a treat to look forward to. And the magic of the going to be a. I also imagine it's going to be a fantastic episode for Different Gravy. Um, for that episode, I predict that Rich and I will plump our assumptions against us listening to the match because it won't be on TV. Um, so we can just basically, uh, yeah, I'm already so infused and excited for it as, I, as we speak. Maybe we should like record it ahead of time and then just put it out regardless. Because I think that might be quite fun. That's how to make it fun is to just like guess what the how the game will go almost minute by minute. Should we just do a fictional kind of uh, football manager game? <laughs> yeah. game? Game log, basically. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> so that was the first huge piece of news to drop in in, <laughs> in the midst of the week. Um we also heard that the the Burnley were showing some interest. Apparently, this was uh, Alan Nixon's uh, account on Twitter telling us that that Burnley were showing some interest in Dominic Iorfa, which is not surprising, slightly depressing. <laughs> but the figure involved, fifteen million pounds, is um, would obviously be a welcome a welcome sum. Mm. Once again, it seems like an inexplicably fair amount for a young, promising, talented, um, absolute uh, brick shit house of an English defender um, getting hoovered up by a Premier League team who are, you know, slightly middling. Um, it's uh, it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know how excited uh, the Burnley manager will be about these roaming 
I've forgotten his name now. It's really annoying. Sean. Is it Sean? Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. There we go. Yeah, I don't know how excited he'll be about Iofa's rangy runs forward. I mean, Burnley are pretty much a hump it and lump it team, aren't they? They're as close to a one a one dimensional direct football team as as, as there is in uh, in the Premier League. I would, but yeah. Big Dom has caught their eye potentially. Mm. Um, as you say, I think 15 million seems like a very fair figure. And given that whatever it was, 18 months ago or two, two, uh, maybe two years ago, we signed him for 250,000 pounds or whatever it was. Mm. Um, man alive, that's that's some some tidy business we will have done. Mm-hmm. But he's he's incredible in at centre back. It's been a an enormous revelation. Undoubtedly, the best thing about this season has been seeing Dominic Iorfa take that mantle and, and run with it, uh, quite literally, uh, of the field. Uh, again, yes, uh, through large today, galloping strides, just chewing up the pitch um, with great ease. Much like again, a, it's, gone. <laughs> it's just like a massive engine monster truck. Basically, just incredible. He so at points he looks like he's playing a different game to the other people he's playing against. There was there was two or three moments today where it was like a, a an entirely static box of players, and somehow he is hurtling towards the ball full pelt, and just yeah, just brilliant to watch him play centre back, and seemingly built has built now another good partnership with Tom Lees alongside the great partnership that he had with Julian Borner or Berner. So adaptable as well. Why not? Um, why aren't people, why wouldn't people be interested? I sort of said it last week. I'd be surprised if people aren't watching him because he's something else. He's, he's different gravy. He uh, is too. indeed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's the difficult so- thing is we wouldn't besmirch such a giant transfer fee and the chance for him to kind of kick on and develop himself at a club uh, largely kind of established as, you know, a middling Premier's, Premier League side, but a Premier League side nonetheless. So Yeah, it's, and um, also a shock, though, if, if he ends, there's a potential to, to go from Burnley to teams higher up the division as well. So hmm. I don't know. I, he's, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's a top four style defender, but... At the moment, it's like, well, let's see how far he can go in that position because he's certainly too good for the championship, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other, the final bit um, was uh, the chairman, Dep John Chancery's um, Fergie-like approach to legal matters, apparently. Uh, you know, you'll score four, we'll score five. Uh, taking it to the EFL with a with a counter suing <laughs> announcement, um, and waving his uh, waving his emails like uh, like Rafa Benitez in his pomp. <laughs> uh, I, I also wrote down a little joke about um, Monk trying to being encouraged to take the season into Fergie time. <laughs> But um, by way of the playoffs, but but presumably that in some ways it, it suits us to not to go into this in too much detail. Uh, we've got a we've got a match to talk about. Um, but presumably in some ways it suits us to keep this as an actively disputed piece of of legal work. Mm. Because yeah. the longer it rumbles along and nothing gets decided, there's the potential to to sneak up. Uh, or, or you know, <laughs> um, and out of the out of the the clamour and and reaches of uh, of the EFL, 
which is what QPR did. It's what Villa did. Um, I mean, it's by no means a given, but if we can keep this, you know, keep kicking the can down the road till beyond the end of the season and it may be into next season, it, it sort of buys you a bite of the cherry that potentially we wouldn't have had otherwise without such an aggressive approach. Yeah. Um, and this is unfortunately the nature of the kind of legal system. This will just rumble on for God for quite some time. Well, I think yeah, QPR were originally fined 150 million or something like that. That that was the original fine. Um, and then when they didn't pay it, the EFL threatened that they wouldn't let them back into the championship when they got relegated. Funnily enough, the EFL were allowed to uh, allowed QPR to um, play when they got relegated play in the championship and i think three or four or maybe even five years later they agreed on a on a fee to pay which was considerably smaller than that 150 million uh, so who who knows I, I, I mean the 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 crux of our argument seems to be that the previous regime at the efl were pretty happy for clubs to do this to the point where they were talking them through the steps to take and by do this, I mean sell the ground to the to the owner and and count it towards your profits in the books. Uh, so presumably we've got paperwork to that effect from the members of the team at the EFL saying, here's how you do it. Here's how much you can do it for. And then a new chairman comes in and has a different take on things and is stamping his feet and throwing around fines for things. So it's pretty tricky as the club to, to know where you stand. And it really doesn't feel fair that a change of regime at the EFL can mean that what you were doing last year being kind of presumably helped along by the EFL is now illegal, according to the EFL, just because of a change of staff. There's a pretty crazy situation to be in. It so really anyway. doesn't put the EFL in a very good light, does it? It makes it, it look like a two-bit operation, which... It does seem like an impeccably disorganized, flighty, <laughs> yes, flighty organization. Just, just nothing particularly there that's making you think you should put your trust in them to, um, you know, essentially run free football leagues with seventy-two professional teams within them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or I would guess uh, maybe right now we're seventy-one with the still rumblings on regarding Barry. And um, yeah, it's it's just not good. It's not. Uh, this, this appears to be the season, like, I may be wrong and I may be um, misjudging this in terms of, you know, the scope and things like that. But it feels like this season we have had more clubs in desperate financial circumstances than we've had for years, including Bury going to completely to the to the wall. Um, Bolton being as close, you know, a gnat's whisker away from the same happening to them. But... In the in the meantime, missing what was it? Something like seven games of football. Um, I think the distance is even closer for Bolton. I would say it's a Nats chuff. Nats chuff. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, thanks, just to, thanks for the just correction, Alex. Just to make the crass correction to you, Rich. That's uh, <laughs> that's all I have to add to this conversation. You please carry on. <laughs> Uh, but then there was also is there Mac is it Macclesfield? Uh, they are also in a position where they've had a game cancelled because they're not paying players. So so this new regime is overseeing now several lower league clubs desperately struggling, and at the same time penalising clubs in our league for doing what they need to do to kind of 
get along. I mean, I, I'm not completely whitewashing what, what we've done, but if it is the situation that we were told, you know, six months apart, we're told this is fine, and then it actually, no, this is dreadful and illegal, that almost feels like entrapment or something. It's it's pretty <laughs> a crazy situation to be in. No, no, do please do sell your ground, actually. It's a good idea. We, we recommend it here at the EFL. Oh, here at the EFL, we think that's a really bad thing to do. You shouldn't have done it. Anyway, lest we can go around in circles with this. There was a football match today, Luke. There was. And while you talk about entrapment, um, the disappointing thing that from this entrapment, uh, there is no Michael Douglas to be seen or Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, no, it was Catherine Zeta-Jones. Damn it. Sorry. It's, I think it's disclosure. I think the problem is there's so many of these action films that sound incredibly similar. So... Uh, <laughs> Entrapment's the one with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones bending a yes. bending a lumber buttocks in between some lasers. Um, I believe in Workaholics they did a song for it, didn't they? Catherine yes. Zeta-Jones. She dips, she dips beneath, beneath lasers. lasers. Oh. Which um, then I remember she you. She has um, entrapped me. Oh. Sorry, that's a great series. She's entrapped me and Sean Connery. And you remember as well, I, I tried to kind of put across the um, the song from Marco Mateus uh, to the same oh, yes, tune. Yes, oh, I do. He, di- he dips beneath fullbacks. Uh, he has enchanted me. And the Wednesday. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I think that would have been good. If only if it was true and if only if Marco Mateus was uh, any good and actually stuck around at yes. Hillsborough. Yeah, but anyway, the, let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about the present, eh? Let's talk about the. So a football match happened. It was at Hillsborough Stadium, and it happened at three p.m. <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday. All of these yes. things yes, are, are increasingly rare. Oh my it's goodness! So rare drinking, indeed. we were so we were drinking in the joy of that 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 being something that happened. Um, so yeah, that was that was nice. The the team that was announced, uh, the only change was uh, Murphy replacing Forestieri, who who is it seems is properly injured for a change. Uh, so Forestieri completely dropped out of the the squad. Um, yeah, so we so it meant we were playing two up top again, two uh, two in midfield, and and by and large rewarding the team that won against Charlton with their places again. Which I guess seems fair. I, I guess there's the interesting question of, um, you know, it's funny, I was listening to Singing the Blues with um, James Marriott and um, star journalist Dom House, and Dom seemed to absolutely cream himself over Tom Lees in that, in that game, um, which is something I didn't really share with him. I don't think it was bad, but I, mean, I just don't think he was that good. So... I guess there's a question of whether you kind of, and I can see the argument of keeping that shape, but maybe partially for myself, I was, you know, I was, I was really uh, kind of clamoring for the return of Julian Berner as well. Yes. He, it's a shame that he's, he's missing out, but as I say, I think that seems to be a kind of growing partnership between Lee's and, and I offer. Um, and I, I think maybe as long as, I offers the other one. I don't really mind which one of the two fills in next to him. Interesting. I was going to ask you as to, uh, I mean, we can come on to this into the analysis, but I've, I'm also kind of struggling to see, Liz has been fine. I don't think it's, but I don't think it, it hasn't seemed like a really kind of scintillating partnership to me between I the think, two defenders. I think the, uh, well, so I think what's, what people have enjoyed about it 
um, is it's Lee's doing what he does well, pretty much. So his. Could you just uh, uh, remind me in the studio and the audience as well? Studio audience. At home. Studio audience, yeah. Um, you know, I, I keep needing to check that laughter, that laughter track that doesn't <laughs> seem to be working. And also the applause button seems to be a bit faulty as well. I have not had any any oh, approval for any of my yeah. stuff. Anyway, could you remind myself <laughs> and the <laughs> listeners just uh, just what is it that Lee's does the best? Kind of, kind of meat and potatoes defending. Not showy, just kind of nipping in and stopping things. You know, nipping things in the bud. Uh, not big slide tackles, just blocking off channels and and uh, pretty steady defending on the whole. Next to someone who, it, when it was. Uh, his previous brilliant partnership, it was Glenn Leuven's. So next to someone that is, in, in Glenn Leuven's case, going up for every header and le- letting Tom Lee's kind of work in behind and, and uh, deal with any scraps that, that you know, fell from his table. Um, and with Dominic Iorfa, it's an even easier job because... If he misses the header, he's quick enough to go and clear up his own scraps. So Tom Lees is just dealing with any of the uh, the interstitial bits and pieces that that, that might exist, and uh, I think it's, it suits him down to the ground. Really, uh, he's there, he's a presence, but not having to do masses of work. Uh, th- I did think today, though, the the fact he is not left footed and in no way is comfortable with his left foot did in the first half it felt like either just by the break of the ball or just also or it was actually something Brentford were working on uh he he was put in positions where he had to clear under pressure on his left foot and generally struggled pretty badly to do that uh so that that is that's definitely one of the drawbacks of them the two of them as a partnership but I think whilst we keep run we can't keep winning going to be difficult for julian burns to get back in that's um okay i can i can kind of i can see your points with that um i think maybe that's to the tune of the fact that uh, you have this incredibly expensive microscope in which to see the um the real finer points of tom Lee's game <laughs> and um maybe i just needed to be completely blaringly glaringly obvious about what he's doing so i i haven't seen it hasn't been it hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination but um yeah i don't quite share your same viewpoint regarding tom lee's rn that's right now. right now you you're there with the uh the abbreviations today i like it uh so the match kicked off it was a fairly sort of uh brisk First 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, both teams were kind of up and at them, and uh, that was quite fun. But then. Uh, yeah, there was a real kind of huge, uh, there's a real flurry for the first kind of two, three minutes from us, and then it kind of switched back to uh, switch back to Brentford for the remaining three minutes. Yeah. They, uh, I, I think, yeah, once, once the game calmed down, they, they looked very good. I think overall, my one of the things I would say is I, I think maybe Brentford were the best team I've seen at Hillsborough this season because um, obviously we've had uh, uh, we've had Leeds and uh, Swansea both games that, that potentially we, we we could or should have won um, and and we did uh, win today, which is very nice. But I I think overall that Brentford team looked very good. Uh, lots of tidy little players. <laughs> Um, very quick, mm. across, quick and strong across the back as well. 
So I think um, I read a stat that basically all of their players were under 23 that played last week. So right. they've really got a lot of verve and drive and yes. just, yeah, a lot of pace. But there's also quite a bit of skill to a lot of their players as well. Um, so I was really impressed. I thought they were a very, very good side today. Um, I'm wondering if whether, in kind of recollection, Leeds were very, very close, though. I think Leeds were yeah. a very good side that we played. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think they were, they were, they were better. Like, of the three, it was... Swansea were definitely third and, and Leeds were much closer to Brentford. But I think just, I was impressed. I was impressed. And I was, and for the whole of the first half, I was just worried. They just, I just felt like they looked dangerous all of that mm-hmm. first half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, just so much movement and lots of interchangeable. I mean, they effectively had five players that just could kind of live in each other's pockets and swap round. Um, the only one that seemed to be a kind of permanent was was number six, Norgard, in front of the, the two centre-backs. Uh, but the other five just just moving around constantly and, and making mm-hmm. spaces. Number 10 looked incredibly. Ben Rama, if that's how you say it. Ben Yama. Yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah. But he looked incredibly uh, confident on the ball, just so comfortable. Uh, so, yeah, so it's. Uh, I, I was impressed by them. I, I also thought, similarly, we we struggled in the first half. Um, kind of, it's obviously a bit of give and take. You, it's hard for both teams to play well at the same time. But I, I, I thought our two in midfield looked like they were a bit overwhelmed. Um what did you think? There was a tackle early on uh, where Hutchinson absolutely nailed one of their players who was down for a considerable amount of time getting treatment. Um, I haven't seen that back, but it didn't look like a good tackle. It was. It wasn't. Nothing was given. The ref waved play on. But did you do? You, do you remember that the tackle I'm talking about? I don't remember. I do. I don't remember it being too offensive by any okay. means. I don't think there were really any very difficult or bad challenges today. Okay. Maybe um, Brentford like... could feel slightly appeased by. I think they had a challenge in the second half, which one of their players took a yellow. I think he kind of just clattered. I can't remember who it was. I think like it was maybe Murphy or maybe it was Reach. No, it was Reach. It was Reach when after Reach came on for Murphy. And but yeah, it wasn't a particularly for a spirited game, it wasn't particularly dirty. There wasn't really any kind of bad challenges. Oh well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I just it's just it looked like he'd gone over the ball uh from where I was. But uh, granted I am a long way away from where that incident happened. Uh and when Hotch went over to apologize, the player was not in the mood to say, Nah, you're all right, mate, thanks very much. Um he uh yeah, he, he gave him a mouthful back, so Hutch went away, sort of muttering and gesticulating. <laughs> um, so, for, yeah, first half, I, I don't think we saw much from Nuiu and, and Fletcher as a partnership. It didn't seem to gel at all today. Um, and they, number five, Pinnock for them, is an absolute monster of a human being. Uh, even to the point where I think it's, his head was is like a rhomboid or something. It's not a normal head shape. <laughs> or an oct- octagonal or something. I don't know. It's some convoluted <laughs> shape, I swear. But he, he, yes, he's an absolute beast and just gobbled up anything long. Um, so I thought, just thought knew you didn't really get into the game. And I thought Fletcher was actively having a fairly bad game uh, in the first half. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so the, the the highlight really was was Hutchinson just 
charging around all over the place. I thought he looked absolutely... I thought he looked really good in the first half. He just looks really up for it. But uh, there was just a lot of class to just kind of really go alongside that industry that he was giving in that first half. And he had some beautiful kind of sprayed balls kind of out wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, There was... Yeah, there was um, a little bit of everything. He was kind of surging forward at times as well. Um, really some of the best Hutchinson I think we've seen this season. He was charging around like a teenager. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was like uh, somebody who just got a new sports car, you know? Just going very fast everywhere because you can because you've got a sports car. Um, <laughs> and I, I was not surprised when he got absolutely knackered in the second half and needed to come off mm-hmm. um started cramping up but no it was it was nice to see and i do think um i'm wondering does does hodge have something against brentford because was it brentford where he do you remember he sort of charged down he sort of ran two-thirds of the pitch to charge down a fullback and and score a goal or set up a goal uh, maybe last season or a couple of seasons ago I'm wondering if that was Brentford as well. Maybe if they just there's something that annoys him about that bee on their crest. He's allergic. He's he's terrified of the anaphylaxis, so he throws himself headlong into matches against Brentford. He's Do you think that's maybe his kind of Chelsea roots coming up against Brentford? Maybe I mean, a similar neck of the woods. I mean, it's not a particularly big one in terms of derbies, but maybe there might be a little bit of leftover. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's hard to think that that's that's got much history that as a uh, a rivalry but maybe but uh, so Brentford for all their, their their good play didn't didn't seem to take make too many chances uh in in the first half um but half hour mark they got a a corner did, did, again I've heard that that wasn't a corner the corner it wasn't a corner and that's what, so do you want to kind of get on and talk about that goal because I mean that's basically I think so I it. think that's basically the, the next thing that happened really in the game for my for my from my memory anyway forgive me if I've, I've skipped over things oh uh, there's one bit I thought Murphy should have won a free kick but I can't remember exactly oh what, yes how that was. definitely that should have been from that, that Norgard number six mm. definitely should have won a free kick I mean, we can kind of get onto this with a certain length and also the rest of the players. There was a time, and I think in the 10th minute, I was a little bit surprised maybe Fletcher was offside. Maybe he was offside, but that seemed to be a lot of offsides. We seem to be offside a lot this Tons game. Lots of offsides, which really kicked up a notch second half. <laughs> and I can think I can say what the reason why, but, but uh, <laughs> let's just, I might just keep my powder dry yes, until when we get to do. the second please half. Please in terms of the narrative and wait for that little kind of plot twist oh. to happen. Anyway, so, it, yeah, it wasn't the corner. Um, it came off the Brentford player. Yeah, and well, that's, so there you go. That, that is, that's annoying. If only we had VAR. If only. If only the thing we love and adore and that we didn't say in a previous episode that is one of the things wrong with football that we want to get <laughs> shut of. Um, and, yeah, we can get this uh, beloved VAR to the second tier of the championship, second tier of English football. And so, yeah, so it wasn't a corner. Um, I thought it was the very kind of weak corner that kind of came in. Um, probably a good delivery from Brentford, but it, it didn't seem too much that would be too challenging in terms of a delivery. It lo- yeah, it, it looked like it, it maybe should have been dealt with at the front front post, but it did it did go. I don't think Fletch would have got on the end of it, but I think the fact he he went for it like he was going to get it through everybody else. 
uh, I think everyone really switched off, including maybe the goal scorer, because it kind of bounced off his face. I'm not sure how much he knew about his goal. Um, I don't know. I, I but, thought, I thought from yeah, my perspective was, and definitely from the commentary, they were really praising the header itself. It was, it was, but it was, header. it was a good header. It was kind of classy, uh, but yes, um, yes. just to to get from that situation was kind of frustrating. And yeah. I guess defensively, we can very much look at this and say, you know, this is again we're the architects of our own downfall yet again. Yeah. This yeah. Uh, negative playmaking, which we've got a real uh, penchant for. Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, yeah, we seem to really do it really well. That um, you know, it's a corner. I felt could have been dealt with before. You know, we can say the frustrations, obviously, that it shouldn't have been a corner because it wasn't a corner. Yeah. And um, and once again, another observation I want to make. So Odebajo was basically just holding. Uh, I think it's Mabumo. Mabumo is the yes. uh, the Brentford player who scored the header, and it's once again another situation which Odebajo has missed out on a header. And yeah. I wouldn't rather want to see him somewhere in the middle on defending corners if all he's going to really do is just basically try and get his hands on a player and just hold him still. Yeah, that, it was it was very poor defending. I, overall, I thought he had a a fairly good game on a bad Joe, but yeah, uh, he's, he were defending wise. He really relies on the fact that he's got some recovery pace. It's, it's alarming how often he kind of lets the first thing happen. Like the winger will get the run against him or, or the ball will go over his head and then, and then he's able to sort it out. But he's relying so much on the fact that he's quite quick and that doesn't work when, when you're stood stock still in a in the middle of a penalty area um it's quite a big job for him to have i don't know they had some big players but it it seems a bit odd that that was the job given to him to be honest i think he he uh he was up against a lot as well uh going back to brentford i really feel like the player i really clamored for in the brentford game who i think at one point we're actually linked with um is rico henry who um i thought was just absolute quality on the left yeah. Um, and was kind of getting forward a lot. So, I mean, Otabajo was essentially up against quite a bit today on that kind of left flank. Yes, you know, yeah, he was always, right side. An option, always an option. And played but some I, good, there was a good pass at one point, that he, a cutback that he played at one point um, from a crossing position that, that they probably should have done better with, I think. Uh, but I, so interestingly, so, so go on, yeah, you go. I, I think we should close off the first half because it, it was one of those games where it really was a, a tale of two halves, I think. So I think close off, we should close off the first half and then and then talk about the second as a separate matter, really. It's just, it's a funny thing that basically we were up against Brentford in, in that first half. I mean, there was some good play from us. It, it wasn't poor by any means. We looked a little bit off it. Um, it looked a bit sloppy at times. There was mm. a few kind of misplaced passes. We were kind of really that killer pl- pass or touch in the final third away from, you know, maybe getting a goal, you know, really. Or, yeah. or maybe even, maybe I mean, that's probably being quite generous. I think backtrack to that, like there isn't particularly a great deal in terms of shots from the first half from us, anything great on targets. Um, the only thing I can really remember is that kind of mix up in the first half. Um, there's that defensive mix up very early on in the game. Within the first couple of minutes, yeah, I thought but, Fletch um, had a couple of things he could have done better with, and then Atty knew you did have a, a header at the far post that again 
it just seemed to bounce off the top of his head without him moving, even gesturing towards the fact that a cross was coming his way. Um, which I, the one that just should. kind of drifted drifted innocently into the middle of the cop. That one. yes, yeah, yeah, because we were kicking towards the cop in the first half, and you know, up up upfield, up pitch, albeit very minorly. Yes, as those, you those, know, the uh, interesting thing we're aware of at Hillsborough. Yeah, there is a slight incline, isn't there, at Hillsborough, there is. which is why. Wednesday like to go second half kicking kicking towards a cop end. Well, um, to kick, but uh, the the eight assorted fans from uh, Brave Souls that came up from Brentford uh, would have been slightly disappointed not to see their team uh, attacking towards them in the second half. <laughs> that was really it was thin gruel uh, in terms of uh, the second half for Brentford fans. Anyway, go on. Uh, <laughs> so basically, for the first half, I mean, there was some good play, there's some nice bits. Um, but it just felt that you, there'd be like a, a, a chain of three or four kind of nice passes. Yeah. And then it would kind of collapse. There wasn't quite the... I don't seem to remember a great deal of connection from the wings between, you know, going into think- going into the strikers. I don't recall a great deal of what um, Atty did in that first half. Well, I think we um, couldn't win headers where it was lumped straight down the field. And then mm. I think both the wingers were actually pretty evenly matched with their fullback. So they they mm. were to kind of make the best of opportunities. So, yeah, we were kind of left. It was a bit hard to see how we were going to do anything, really. We were, we were pretty... Uh, and, and as the half drew on, their, their centre-backs were increasingly confident and, and came further and further forward to the point where they were spending a good chunk of the game almost sort of defending the halfway line because they were confident in in Henry and Rasmussen chasing Harrison Murphy back if 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 we managed to somehow mm. get down the flanks and they knew they had nothing to worry about at all with Atty Nuiu trying to attack the space behind well that's the thing is i mean we are you know you're lumping it forward and then you've got to kind of head down and then you imagine that second ball is probably a real challenge from maybe the mobility of new you or fletcher against some of these spry young you know brentford players all look who they have a bit of pace about them all have you know great degrees of mobility um they can just get around the pitch pretty damn easily And the yeah, Brentford were a very good side, like we've mentioned. The first half, I thought they were they were the better side. Um, they were very fluid. The thing that's just really heartbreaking is the fact that it wasn't really a great moment of. I mean, this is the nature of football. You know, you think that basically we should, if we are conceding to a team that's doing really well, it should be a moment of um, finishing that kind of matches that. And despite the yeah. fact it was a good header, really from our perspective, it was poor and it was very preventable in just a, in a number of different kind of stages, kind of plot points in that goal that we conceded. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it was it, 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 a pretty sort of gutty and low quality goal to have conceded. Uh, and then to a large extent, it just felt like we were we were playing for half time to come. We We, we didn't get through too much we didn't make any more mistakes necessarily um and there wasn't great chances for either team i don't think in the in the remaining 15 minutes or so no Uh, i was saying from my kind of notes i I really felt we needed to i could just see the game slipping away 
um, from us completely just at that part, just just because we conceded early to a quality side. Yeah. We don't look like we have much teeth going forward. Um, we needed to have a real moment of quality to score before halftime. Otherwise, as I basically said in my notes, I said, it's going to have to be some fantastic second-half performance to pull this, pull this one around. So we, so we go to halftime, and we make a halftime change, which... I think was fairly surprising for everybody. Jordan yeah, I didn't think you. that um, despite the fact we kind of, despite the fact we lots of knew you and um, things weren't maybe kind of working or kind of falling for him today, or I'm not entirely sure what the issue was. And while it was probably the poorer of the two performances from the strikers, I didn't think it was enough to warrant a halftime change. Um, I think when those two play together, you get the inclination, unless Fletcher is injured, is to take Nuiu off. Because when they struggle together, it's because they're like Hutch and Bannon. They're too much trying to play the same role. And Fletcher is infinitely better than Atinuiu at that role. And on his own, Fletcher offers so much more knew you is is a an incredibly limited play he he, he has gifts and um and you know he, but but he's working with a, a very limited palette uh when it comes to those gifts you know he's not um he's not got the full roy g biv he is he's monochrome you know <laughs> <laughs> he is a big bludgeoning snow, slow man, and uh, that's about it. Whereas, yeah, Fletcher is 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 pretty all action. Um, not quick, but 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 moves well. I think for uh, for his size, uh, getting around the, gets around the pitch very well. Um, so yeah, so we made the change. Jordan Rhodes, the forgotten man, enters the mm. fray, um, and I think fairly early on. It all felt better. The performance was much, much better, almost instantaneously within sort of five, ten minutes. It was almost sort of night and day, I would say. How do you? The interesting thing, like, how do you? Not night and day, not what, sir? I said night and day, not light and day. Light and day does not make any sense, which is what I said first. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like twenty-four hour. Kind of sunshine, you're up at the North Pole or something. Yeah. In which you're like, well, it should be nighttime, but it's still light. It's like day or or day. It's like some day or, or, or more of the day. It's as more different as two bits of the day can be. <laughs> so Sorry. that introduction of uh, roads, did you think that kind of... I mean, that must have made an effect more than, I think, what I kind of deemed from his performance... Again, I invite um, Dr. Richard Miller, scientist extraordinaire, um, football biologist, to really look under the microscope of this performance and the plays itself. He's already done a treatise of the um, the undiscovered talents of Tom Lees, and uh, now he's looking into um, introduction of um, introduction of Jordan Rhodes into a game. <laughs> um, well, that see, that is, fa- it, it was fascinating because I don't think he did anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, uh, part, he was offside a bit. He, he definitely was offside about four times. Um, 
and he probably touched the ball about four times. But I think there was a couple of things. So one, it let Fletcher be Fletcher because that's the problem with him and Nuyu together is you end up with Atty Nuyu doing Stephen Fletcher's job worse than Stephen Fletcher. And mm. on a day like today when we weren't getting any sort of great breaks going forward you don't get the other half of because what it's supposed to do is free Fletcher up to be there more of a striker but the fact that we weren't getting any joy whatsoever effectively meant we kind of carried Fletcher in the first half he didn't have anything to do apart from watch Nuiu struggle to win headers so taking Nuiu off means that Fletcher gets to be Fletcher again. And I, 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 what Rhodes did was was all movement. He stretched their back line and kept them honest. Um, so the fact that they were they were go, they were pushing further and further forward and effectively sort of squishing us into our own half that stopped because of Jordan Rhodes because he even though he doesn't have pace. He was taking positions that even even though he's not that quick, he was have they were having to account for the fact that that Jordan Rhodes was stood in those positions. So if he stood mm. where the fullback would be and the fullback is all the way up the pitch, well, if I'm the the other two centre backs and and the the fullback on the opposing side, I need to be c- cognizant of the fact he's he's made that he's in that position because if the ball breaks, the ball could go there, and I've got to be ready to to block him off. So it just meant that they weren't able to. We stretched their back line effectively yes. by using yes. Uh, and Atty cannot do it because he can't even pretend to be quick. And he's also doesn't have the footballing brain to, to, to pick out those bits in behind Jordan Rhodes mm. for whatever, for, for, for whatever he's done at, at Sheffield Wednesday, his whole career has been getting an inch or two away from his marker and trying to make a run in behind. Most of the time at Wednesday, he's done that too early and he's been offside. Uh, but You're saying the extra yards in his exceptionally large forehead. It, it, it may have been. <laughs> he doesn't have a large forehead. I just, I like playing off that term, you know, the extra yards in his head for, for strikers. It's always a classic. I liked and, it. I uh, okay, I still feel the need to apologise. To to Jordan and and his family. So yeah, so it, it was a weird like magic trick. We changed the game by having a man that didn't do anything do something. Well, do nothing, but do it really cleverly. It was really weird. It was a really weird thing to see, mm. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, coming away, I mean, you, you can't say that Jordan Rhodes did any more than Nuiu. In fact, he probably did a lot less. But, but yeah, it was more more effective. effective. It gave us it gave us a space to play in the game, which actually is what Nuiu tends to do. Because not normally Nuiu does win those headers or chest things down, and that's where we, he gives that space to play it, it, it just in front of the defense. It it just wasn't happening today. He wasn't able to do it. I think because Pinnock uh, and uh, Jean Vier, their two centre backs, were just such physical specimens that. They had knew you be all round. Um, mm. And Nor- Norgard was, is quite a unit as well. So he just wasn't getting any joy at all. And so we couldn't build. He, he wasn't a platform. But but Rhodes was able to to, to bring something different. And an absolutely inspired substitution. I mean, brilliant. What what Gary Monk did at halftime is, is spectacular. 
It's what mm. we've spent those early episodes crying out about with uh, with Bullen in charge. It just didn't seem to have a ch- a change of tone or a change of. They didn't come out rattled. You know, they weren't chasing around like idiots because they've been shat screamed at for for fifteen minutes. They had a different game plan and they they and it worked. And we were very very effective in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We, but we di- it didn't just happen with Rhodes coming on. Uh, we needed the we needed the second substitution really before things started yes. to to turn. Yes, that was the interesting thing. I did kind of, I was kind of looking back at the <coughs> went back and on the the footage after the game had finished, like scrolled back thirty minutes. And for me, yeah, the same thing I would kind of say was, um, you know, another kind of tweak and change was definitely Murphy coming off for reach. Yeah, and as we've seen recently with Reach coming off the bench, he came came on the on the pitch with a real hunger to 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 get things going and uh, desperate to get on the ball was Adam Reach. Um, I think the other thing that happened in the second half, and credit to Murphy and Harris for this, I think their two fullbacks were really tired, and I think as I think the Reach change mm. was really good because I think Murphy was equally tired with with henry so being able to bring on on reach against a a sort of deflated henry was was brilliant for for adam reach um Mm. and and harris as we've seen a couple of times rasmussen was matching him pay you know step for step all of the first half got in a couple of amazing like big sort of hotch style tackles as well uh but yeah as the second half wore on Harris started winning that, winning those battles again and again. Mm. Uh, he was able to ride the challenges. He was able to sort of muscle him out off off the ball a couple of times. Um, and it real real credit to Harris that he stuck at that because another another day and another winger, you just get demoralised that you're you're kind of banging your head against a, a wall. But he just kept at that task all game. And uh, and in the end was rewarded with the with 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 his assist and played a part in in the first goal as well. So, well, that's the exact thing I want to get onto is I I want to kind of lead into you know praising um, praising Harris for his his you know it's really his kind of stamina, but it's like a mental stamina as well as well as his physical yeah. side of things. And um, to just it was a lovely cross he whipped over and. Um, you know, often from different graving, often as Wednesday fans and watching many games in the championship, um, that Wednesday we can usually say there's a pretty poor standard of officiating. But I really wanted to praise the referee for the penalty call because mm. um, it it was a really good spot for handball. It was a crazy thing to do from Henry's point of view. Well, then this is this is funny. We talk about the tiring. You know, it must have been a real drop and moment of concentration from Brentford. And that's fantastic, because then that, for fantastic from our perspective. Um, but it, it kind of even things up in terms of kind of, you know, there's momentarily dropping of a bollock, basically, um, yeah. as a player. So Henry, who's, who was just fantastic um, up until that point, there was absolutely zero need for him to do that. I mean... But it wasn't ever a situation. So if he doesn't handle it, it kind of feeds into reach. And then I'm not sure what happens next. I think no, reach but- probably get a shot away. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to trouble the keeper. 
all kind of go in as much as as much as I love Reach and his um you know his skill set for kind of finishing the ball. He's it he's been off and he's been a little bit slim on confidence so far this season in that regard. Yeah. It reminded me of the last straw with Westwood and Palmer. Uh, mm. That that ball at the top because they they their the reaction was so out of whack with the the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, completely. I completely agree with you. It was, um, but, but it's the it's very, the panic. Yeah. It's the way that that spirals. You make that one mistake. Oh, I switched off there. Now that ball's cut across, and then it's the it's the trying to get it back. Actually, you nearly always make worse mistakes trying to then salvage the the initial mistake because the fact he then goes, oh, I better stop it getting to reach. Anyhow, because I've 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 misjudged this the run of this ball. It's going to go to their guy, and he's going to run into the box and score. Well, those two things are by no means a given. Because they reach was it wasn't like middle of the goal. Reach would have had to take a good touch and then a good shot to to get a to get a goal from the situation. Certainly wasn't a given. A bit like the 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 winger um, the other week. You know, he would have had to control the that bouncing ball at full pace. Yep. So by the time he's got it under control, there's absolutely no guarantee that they they get a goal out of that scenario. No, but it's you're, the you're then in a, a situation exactly like that situation the other week. Um, by the time everything, by the time we've reset to the point where the winger in this case reach has controlled it. You know, a few seconds and things have happened. That gives time for a better reaction for the goalkeeper, for any defenders that are kind of close to that situation. It wasn't the same situation with Wednesday um, conceding in that situation. But Westwood would have been in a better situation um, to kind of, you know, to monitor things had, you know, he given the player the space and not run up and uh, slapped him in the cock instead. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But it was a different um, ball getting slapped by this time <laughs> Rico Henry slapped the football, the white yeah. ball, just out of the air of his hand. And uh, like I said, I could just see that being, um, you know, I could see that in so many games being a call that basically the ref didn't quite see and he's not entirely sure about it, so he lets it slide. But then, yeah. you know, at the time, it seemed kind of innocuous to me from the main angle. And then the replay I was like, no, that's that's completely blatant. Yeah. That's a real blatant handball to prevent the path of the ball coming to Adam Reach. It was a real moment of stupidity from Rico Henry. But we were the victors from that. And then, uh, and then we, they- time for the penalty. <laughs> yeah, which um, there was a bit of discussion between Jordan Rhodes and uh, and Fletcher as to who should take it. <laughs> Stephen Fletcher thankfully won. Um, I was getting annoyed at the uh, the small children and the uh, and the not so young children around me for filming. Uh, I I was convinced we weren't going to score. <laughs> penalties penalties fill me with dread rather than excitement. Yes, but. Uh, Luckily, on this occasion, the goalkeeper who had produced an unbelievably good uh, save previously, um, when when Fletcher sort of ran through straight, you know, one on one with him, he produced an amazing save earlier. Um, he was sort of halfway to the corner flag before Fletcher even got to the ball. It was one of the most bizarre bits of goalkeeping from a penalty I've I've seen probably since Bruce Grobelar. <laughs> Uh, but so um, yeah, uh, Martin sort of started w- walking towards his uh, his right hand goalpost, and uh, Fletcher put it 
towards the left-hand goalpost because why wouldn't you? Quite easy as you like, just impeccably coolly dispatched. He didn't even have to aim for the corner. It was just a little bit left of centre, basically. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, that that was back on parity, back on level terms. And uh, really nice. We didn't uh, completely panic and hand them a goal straight away, which has happened uh, all too regularly this season after us scoring. Uh, so we, um, yeah, we stuck to our metal and uh, they made a change themselves, didn't they? They, they, uh, they brought on uh, Matthias Jensen, mm-hmm. uh, their sub of the day, uh, who again looked a really tidy little player, uh, kind of in the Bannon mold of, of, of running, you know, running around all, all over the, 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 the middle of the pitch and pl- spraying nice passes around. Uh, but yeah, Harris, as we were talking about, kept at it against Rasmussen. Rasmussen went in for his big crunching tackle again, and this time it didn't work. Uh, Harris rode the tackle, played the played, crossed the ball in, and just a gorgeous bit of striking work from uh, from Stephen Fletcher. Uh, chest it down and slotted it in the far corner between the legs of the of the defender. One of oh, the that best beautiful. Yeah, lovely little kind of swivel control uh, finish. A very difficult goal to score, as is the as is uh, Fletcher's way. But he he took it brilliantly, um, and in his celebration, whipped his shirt off uh, to show off his little sports bra. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did wonder whether he had some sponsorship, you know, because he took that yellow card, so he'd, he'd have to uh, he'd have to make up that money somehow. And I, I thought, you know, somebody's got to pay for Christmas, and this time it's Victoria's Secret. However, the thing I will say though that now puts him on four yellow cards. Oh, that was silly, wasn't it? Which was the thing I was thinking about. I was thinking, I don't think he's conceded many yellows, but actually, no, that's because that was the one thing. You know, you are definitely you are taking a yellow in that situation. Um, which yeah, is but as I say, real, real somebody's going to pay for Christmas. <laughs> Of course, of course. There's a whole new line now at Victoria's Secret. Stephen's even bigger secret. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big hairy Scotsman, and I wear a bra. That's my secret. <laughs> so frustrating uh, that we maybe you know we're on tenterhooks as we are with Sam Hutchinson um, yes. for a suspension for another player, which seems to be seems to be our way. We seem to like we seem to like. Uh, not having a very good disciplinary record. Yeah, although one of the marked things. So, um, so we scored that goal. We're two one up. That was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. We we then uh, took Sam Hutchinson off for Massimo Luongo. Uh, so speaking of poor disciplinary records, one this is uh, this marks an occasion where Steve uh, where uh, Hutchinson managed to play over an hour of football and not get a yellow card, which is pretty mm. spectacular in and of itself. But it also, one of the things that marked the uh, the last 10 minutes or so going into time added on, we didn't give any stupid fouls away around no, the box. No, that's, that's very true. And that's something, an observation I think I was going to make as well, was that the fact that, yeah, despite the fact that it was nervy, we didn't do anything to kind of really ratchet up that uh, situation for ourselves. I did notice that uh, Jordan Rhodes did fancy himself as a bit of a negative playmaker on yes. a couple of occasions. His, his best header in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt since his debut was 
We're smashing it back towards our centre backs from the halfway line. <laughs> and did you actually notice as well? This was very clear to me because it was on the feed, the TV feed I was watching. But like he really celebrated that thunderous header back into our own half. <laughs> yeah. That's a real clench fished kind of uh, kind of little roar he gave. The, did uh, did our Jordan for uh, for again causing some uh, some minor kittens for ourselves? Dinger's just he's just completely in his head like that's what I'm talking about. Got to connect with the header. Yes. <laughs> um, they did have some. They did. They did create a couple of chances, didn't they? There was. Um, mm. they, they produced a, a, a good save out of Dawson as part of that, and um, and put a couple very close to the uh, to the post after after probably beating Dawson. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it looked like Dawson was slightly second to a couple of those. I'll be honest. Even the very tame one, which Rico Henry kind of drifted wide. Yeah, that, uh, that seemed like it. It had uh, Dawson at sixes the sevens in that situation um but thankfully they couldn't finish for toffee they couldn't no no toffee was had um because <laughs> they like honey that's right lovely Guys. delicious zero point loss honey but folks brentford have a b on their badge just so you know just so you know they got a b on their badge um <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah so that was our um that's our first back-to-back wins uh since march was it somebody was saying or april wow uh, every april probably april sounds about april, right yeah uh so hot on the heels of yeah our first our first away win since september we, we've now gone even one better and, and and got our first back-to-back wins in in quite a considerable amount of time uh and yeah, is is everything rosy in the garden? We've 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 muscled our way into the playoff picture. We now sit sixth in the table. In the garden, we said we understand that you are the future of uh, pollinating and the future of plants. But fuck off, bees. That's what we said. Um, have it up, you you West London fairies, you. And uh, we. Uh, we we got some uh, really noxious, uh, terrible spray that we just uh, that we just absolutely mace these bees with. <laughs> yeah, we whipped out the raid and uh, and had at it. <laughs> Bee raid. Yes, I love it. And at the end of the game, they were writhing around in some kind of unknowable agony, and we just licked our lips. Enjoyed it. We, did, we didn't even uh, give them a little kind of sending off of like uh, spilling a bit of tango on them, you know, just to uh, let them <laughs> let them spend their last few minutes drowning in the sweet nectar of fizzy pop. She wouldn't She likes sweet things, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just imagining a young Luke in his shorts. A. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh no! Oh, you know, uh, this the days where you would hurt, you know, chase a chase a wheel down the road with a stick, uh, <laughs> a pea shooter in your pocket. Yeah, oh, dear. pea shooter, love him. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, two wins on on the bounce, um, and the real kind say? of yeah, God, sorry. what a real inexplicable win. I mean, we showed enough quality in the second half. The thing I was thinking was basically like, despite the fact that we've come up against a very, very good side today, um, I was there thinking that, you know, we do still have 
despite the fact that they are very good, um, they're still a bit youthful and a bit naive, and I still think there's plenty of ways to kind of hurt them. And not that this is any great kind of claim in our kind of situation that we're a club facing a lot of financial challenges and scrutiny in the charges against us, but um, we do pay the big bucks, and that is maybe the little bit of difference that it gets when it gets you a player on form like Stephen Fletcher, who has that quality, like Kadeem Harris, who I think has, you know, there's just that little bit of extra feel of like, this is kind of what you pay for. And this is like this running bit of quality. I think got us over the line today. Was it deserved or was it undeserved? That's an interesting question. Um, it feels like we got out of jail today a little bit. I, I think I would have felt that a draw might have been about right in terms of this game. However, I, the thing I, I want to say is, though, <laughs> we've come off the back of like being very unfortunate in quite a few games. Yeah. So having a bit of, um, I don't even want to say luck, because I think that's kind of, that's a little bit harsh, and I think that's a little bit ridiculous. We, we had, yeah, we had no, we had no bad luck. Or, or very minimal bad luck today, I think is maybe, yeah, mm. maybe a better, slightly better way to put it. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think on the balance of play, yes, they were the better team in the first half, but it wasn't like we were fending off chance after chance. And I think we really had them rocking in the second half because Fletcher had two or three very good chances before mm. his penalty. Uh, he should have done much, much better with that one-on-one, which was simply just a launch downfield from Dawson. Uh, and their two centre-backs just watched Fletcher run towards the goal with the ball. Um, the keeper pulled off a tremendous save, but Fletcher should have done an awful lot better with that chance. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think on, on on the balance of chances, I think we deserve to win. Uh which is nice to say coming off a game against clearly a good a good side. As you say, maybe there's a bit of youthful um a bit of naivete in 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 the ranks there, but mm-hmm. certainly a, a good team. And on another day that's the sort of team that could undo us because you'd think all that youth and all those legs and the, you know that that's what could undo us as a, as a bit of, a bit we're at the other end of the scale that we've got a pretty aging squad. So yeah, it's intriguing, but uh, yeah, lots of positives to take away from it. Whether we can pull the rabbit out of the hat again with that sort of a performance from Rhodes, I just don't know. I mean, it was it was so strange, <laughs> but really felt like a a, a managerial masterstroke. I really, that was so clever, and it mm. worked so so well uh, for at least for the kind of. 20 25 minutes that were important to the to the the whole flow of the game and the result um so do you want to do uh, some some player ratings let's do it yeah i um i feel like maybe my attention hasn't been particularly well focused on this game so i i kind of apologize for that but i'll see what i can kind of conjure up together from this um um let's start with dawson and that as as usual from back to front um yeah. i decided to go for a 6.5 for dawson i thought he was fine he didn't really have too much to do. Um, I thought no. he did quite a nice little save in the second half. I think it was the um, it was kind of like a looped in ball, which was kind of brought down the volley. It yes. wasn't explicably difficult, but it was still some nice technique from Dawson to get down and save that one. That was yeah. good. Yeah, I agree. I think I think six and a half is is a good score. I think his distribution was fairly consistent, which was nice. It was uh, um, seemingly better than a lot of games. That I think we've seen from Dawson. It's probably some of the best distribution I think we've seen from him. Not scintillating, but still 
but not to the point where it's embarrassing us or creating issues or no. losing possession very quickly. So yeah, I think what to to sort of cover, we, we've spent an awful lot of time in in previous weeks talking about Westwood and weighing up whether it was the right time to put Dawson in, and I think the kind of long and short of it is. I'm not convinced Dawson is a particularly good goalkeeper and he may not even be as good as Westwood is no. at this point in time. No, no. But, but he is not making those sort of howlers and it just felt like when was that going to stop? It felt like we'd gone past the point where it was going to fix itself with Westwood and I think Dawson, since he's come in, he's done... He's done all right. He's done fine. He's not what he's not yeah. doing is dropping great goal costing howlers every game, which yeah. means that he is miles better than what we were, what we had before. So uh, I think sort of a qualified praise of Dawson. And at the moment, I don't want to see him not in nets for us. So um, so good on him, I guess. Completely. Uh, Adebayo. <sighs> I really went for a six just because, um, you know, he doesn't do well defending crosses or corners. It's just it's not within his wheelhouse defensively. So I, I wanted to kind of say as we were talking about Moses earlier in the in the show, he's he has he has qualities, but I'm just I, I find it difficult outside of the fact that he's very quick to think exceptionally what those qualities are that I kind of see on a consistent basis. Maybe he's just a very inconsistent player. Um, he's, he's, he's better than this as a right back, but I don't know by how much. And I just, I don't know why. It just, it just seems like I don't think he's very good at heading. I don't think that's part of his real strengths as a footballer. But the fact that I never really see him try means I, I don't think I can really kind of assess him. But then on the flip side of that, still kind of, it's like the fact that he's not trying just is worrying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know where he's at because I think we are seeing him come out of his shell more going forward. And he made, at one point today, actually, he made a really great run in the first half. If he'd been picked out, he would have been one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And that's something we don't really have from fullback. Yeah, but then... He does offer things. But he's never particularly convincing in any of the positions that we want him to be. Like, I kind of feel like he's becoming a bit like... He reminds me of Jeremy Halan in certain respects. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's the pace to kind of, you know, who can kind of um, stretch the game a bit with his pace down the wing. But he's not a natural winger. And he's not someone I ever really want to see. He's never going to challenge or, or go for that, that those wide berths. Like, you'd think all the players that we have do far better jobs of being wingers. If we're looking at four players here, Kadeem Harris, like, is our star performer. Um, right now, it's probably kind of close for different reasons between Murphy and Reach, mainly because I'd say that Reach is kind of underperforming yeah. and Murphy's having a bit of a good spell when, consist- you know, overall, he's not consistent in his performances. So maybe maybe it's a slight second to Murphy. And then we've got the enigma of Fernando Forestieri, probably fourth. And I wouldn't really want Odebajo, you know, on the wing. Or I think he'd be good in a substitute. But, like, if you're really <laughs> struggling and you want someone to stretch out. But it, it kind of feels like... 
it it just feels like a callback if you're having a player like that when now we're a team with a squad with such such amazing quality but Odubajo feels like someone you would bring off the bench to stretch the wing out you know yeah. late in the game like five six years ago when we're some team whose quality would have been a lot less so and I do like him as a player I, I just I'm struggling to see consistently especially after you know a number of errors that he's made this season like you know this should have been his chance to basically you know to to get a word into Gary's ear to say consider me for the starting berth for right back yeah and it's, it's not happened there and basically now this is the last game of Palmer's suspension I'm pretty sure Palmer's going to come straight back in at right back yeah it's an intrig- it's an intriguing one. I, uh, he's because I would have said before today he'd done a pretty good job in in filling in for Palmer. He has. He's he's done okay. And then I, the thing was, I actually felt that I think it was before one of the international breaks. He um, well, that was it. It was the question yeah, about yeah. whether it's yeah. the it's the emergence of Morgan Fox, which I don't think has done him any favors either. Because then it was going to basically be oh, let's look at Palmer at left back and Adebayo at right back. Yeah. And then I remember Adebayo missing out, and I remember thinking that's really harsh. I think he's done well, but yeah, there's, there's just there's a number of question marks over it. There's a reason why I don't think right now he is first choice for the right back berth. I think all three of those main fullbacks are, to an extent, a, it's a choice of what. None of them are good at everything. No. Um. So it's kind of what. I think the nice thing is that we've got if they're all three available, we've got some different choices to to make, which is which is a it's a nice thing to to have. Totally. Uh, but none of them are the complete solution. So I think Odebajo is probably the best at attacking out of all three, but he's almost certainly the worst at defending. When have you seen him do like a decent cross though? I, I can't really remember him doing a half decent cross. He had a decent shot the other game. He he's picking up positions. I don't think we necessarily. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it is tr- it, it's tricky. I, I'm not I'm not sort of giving a full uh, a full throated um, support of his his yes, position in yes, the team. Yeah. And I also wouldn't mind if he keeps the 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 the, the right back berth for the time being, even though. Uh, even though Palmer is is back and available, uh, I thought Fox again. Well, we'll, we'll sh- we should get there, but I, I think yeah. To put to put this to bed, I think six is is absolutely fair enough. Um, mm. I mean, he did make he was he was at fault for the goal. There's absolutely no two ways yeah. about it. Big Dom Dominic Iorfa. Big Dom Dominic Iorfa. Um, yeah, I'm going to go seven point five. Um, I just love him. He feels fantastic. He was probably maybe even. I don't know. He's up there for one of the man of the matches. I think he's just today. He was just he was so important, and he made so many blocks and interceptions. And he's so quick and strong and comfortable and agile, yeah. and really just did a huge job of nullifying so many attacks from Brentford. Um, just an absolute monster. Just fantastic. I think I'm going to go grade that to an eight. I think an eight is actually yeah um, effective for Dominic <laughs> today. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go eight for him. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, we keep we the, we do keep saying a lot of the same things, but he's being consistently just fantastic. Uh, so yeah, you, you, we're we're at the point of potentially sort of running out of superlatives. But again, he he was a 
he was steady in those crazy moments towards the end when they were really trying mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. to sort of turn the screw and make something happen. He he had two or three very defining moments that were that were really really important. Uh, not overselling himself, but making sure that things stopped happening and that that were that were sort of heading in the wrong direction. So yeah, I think eight absolutely bang on. Uh, Tom Lee's. The formerly spaffed over Tom Lee's. Formerly spaffed over Tom Lee's. I went for a 6.5. Maybe I could upgrade that to a 7. Maybe that's a little bit harsh. Um, I thought he was all right. I didn't really see a great deal of what he brought to the game. He was fine. Um, A certain degree of steadiness. He wasn't, you know, didn't do anything to unnerve me or make me uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. Not really having any lack of confidence in that rear guard today. Um, I just don't remember much of applaudits and much of what he did essentially in the game today. Yeah. But if he's part of this defense in which, um, you know, I don't expect that basically uh, center back B or center back two, whoever we've got alongside Dominic Iorfa, <laughs> which is how it's becoming now. The other uh, guy, the other guy, as long as the other guy from Dominic Iorfa, you know, isn't giving Dominic Iorfa even more to do to win the game. No, um, carry the entire defense himself. Though maybe Dominic Iorfa can actually do that as well. We just don't know at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's if fair. we just if we just had like one center back and it was Dominic Iorfa, you know, maybe we'd still do okay. You know, <laughs> I don't uh, want to invite that a... opportunity, but uh, I think. I think, given the circumstances, he could do pretty well. <laughs> Holding up the whole team on his back like uh, like Atlas. Um, <laughs> still making rangy runs forward. Um, big, uh, so, uh, big, big turtle, Dominic, I offer. <laughs> yes, yeah. That takes us to Captain Fox Morgan. Captain Fox Morgan, I liked him today. He was good. I was giving him a seven. Um, had some very good crosses in the box. Um, defensively, I think he did okay. I don't really remember him being taxed too much or oh. or too embarrassed. I think he did well. Um, yeah, he had some really nice crosses. Yeah, I think he did. He did a fine job today. Um, I'd probably go seven, maybe. I went for a seven. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you, you did hear me, right? <laughs> I did. I did. I think yeah, I was just sort of okay. uh, concurring okay. in an odd Good. way. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I, I. He's. <laughs> Again, a bit like Odebadge, he's pretty. He's probably the most limited in terms of what he does with the ball. But weirdly, his crossing is 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 pretty decent. It's just his kind of everyday play <laughs> is a bit sort of knee jerk at times. But yeah, no, he he did he did a fine job today. Um, so the uh, do we want to go uh, for Murphy now? Um, Murphy, I mean, for a 6.5, not one of the better recent Murphy performances, but he, he was okay. Uh, did a, had a really weak shot in the second half. <laughs> so it's pretty poor. There was also a point where in the first half, he got played in over the top by Bannon, a really gorgeous ball. And we oddly for him, I think one of the things I like about Murphy is he's, he's quite direct generally. Like, yeah. Harris gets bogged down in the play a bit more than than Murphy. Murphy really is very single-minded. He wants to either cross the ball or or get in a position to shoot nearly always. He doesn't really care about the other stuff. But this was one of those moments where oddly for considering he's he's in he's in a, a bit of good form. His first touch took him towards the corner flag rather than towards the goal. And if, if he touched it inside with his first touch, he really would have caused them some problems. Like there would have been, there would have been defenders 
he would have been between defenders and the ball and he probably would have been in the penalty box, which is always always puts you in a very favourable position as the as the attacker. And uh, mm. it's just a bit of a shame that he didn't do that. And that, that could have maybe made the game very different if he'd done that that early doors as well. And we didn't really get behind them after that. That was the first. That was the first and last uh, of doing that in the first half. So I was yeah, slightly disappointed in him there. So yeah, I think six again. I, I concur. Um, Hutch, um, Hutch initially. I actually initially from the first half. I actually initially gave Hutch a seven point five. Um, if the game would have carried on, then we would have seen the same level of performance, and maybe the other players hadn't stepped up to turn the um, turn the result around. I think he probably would have been the man of the match. Um, but he did get lagged quite a bit in that second half, so I've I've stretched down to a seven on him. Um, okay. But I think we said a lot about him in the beginning of the show we that uh, you know it was a really good performance from him and a bit of everything and getting everywhere, just a lot of confidence and class. And um, and when you get that, and when you get a, a player like Hutchinson on form, you get to see some of those passes. You get to see some of those those lovely diags, as he loves calling them. Diags, uh, yes. I think yeah. it's just one of those things you, you he gave us he gave his all today um but when you are the wrong side of 30 you just cannot go pedal to the metal for mm. so so often in the first, as he did in the first half and not and not kind of pay the penalty in the second half so yeah I think he he'd had much less say in the second half before he came off um but yeah, he was the he was the bright spark of the of the first half. So mm-hmm. uh, so did you end up with seven five seven point five? Did you say or seven? I went for a seven in the end because yeah. I think that kind of evened out. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair fair telling. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's that we Barry Bannon. He's that we Barry and Bannon. went for a seven for Baz. Um, he was just to the heart of everything good that we did, and I just I don't think we. Um, you know, we sometimes talk about lesser Bannon performances, sometimes purely because we don't get the um, we don't get that output from, from the the Bannon berries. You know, it doesn't turn into a delicious <laughs> Bannon wine. Yeah. Uh, so you know, intriguingly, actually, you know, he almost we we're almost there with Bannon today. Um, but you know, in terms of assists and actually the key plays, that all went down to uh, to another player who we can come on to on the wing, who maybe we should go on to next, and that is well. What's worth mentioning with Bannon? Some okay. absolute stinking set pieces today. Awful, awful, awful set pieces. He did it yes. the Pelupesi corner. He did it. He spuffed yeah. it. He sort of scuffed it along into the side netting. Though um, it looks as though it, it was in play for longer than it was in a weird way. Unlike yeah. the Pelupesi one, which exited play very, very quickly. <laughs> And he passed to the goalkeeper twice from corners. This yeah. touching your hands to your head is is becoming one of the sort of... It's almost like a Stuart Lee-esque recurring joke of the season. Because what the heck does it mean? It just seems to mean we take a corner. That is the only consistent thing that happens when Murphy or Bannon touch their head before they play a corner into the box. <laughs> because yeah. it can be something that's scuffed along the floor straight out of play. It can be a short corner. It can be a really good corner. It can be a terrible, all manner of terrible corners. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's really stupid. It's starting to annoy me. <laughs> Stop doing it. It's weird. It's, sorry, it's only starting to annoy you, Rich. I don't, <laughs> think this has, I don't think this has come up on the podcast before. You know, 
anyway, uh, Kadeem Harris. Kadeem Harris was excellent today. Um, I'm going to go for a 7.5 because, um, you know, again, I think he, he had a tough tussle. Um, the first half, like we mentioned, he wasn't very effective, but yeah. then it, it really ramped up and we got those, we got two very key, huge moments out of him today, which is just massive. So, and like we said, it's, it's about his stamina. It's about his physical stamina, his mental stamina. And he's, he's got both in spades, just a long side pace yeah. and a lovely step over. He's yeah. He's just such a, a revelation on the wing. And I love seeing, you know, we, we, we try with Harris on, you know, so was Harris purely left wing today, or do you think he did he switch did. flanks? Yeah, he didn't move today. He just kept on the kept on the left flank, right? Plugging it. Yeah. I did think that might have been something we tried at some point was just to swap them over and see if something happened, but uh, mm. never never came up. Um, you're absolutely right. I think <laughs> there's all sorts of wingers. Uh, and I think Harris and Murphy are quite good representations of of a couple of sort of archetypes of wingers. <laughs> um, and and I much prefer the Harris type to the Murphy type mm. uh, because Murphy is it's all or nothing, isn't it? He's either going to get across that produces a goal, or he might score a goal himself. But otherwise. He doesn't really contribute to the game, and he offers nothing going backwards. So his contribution is purely measured on on those me, those things, those those kind of metrics of assists and goals. There's just nothing else to 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 look at. Whereas Harris is he's there all the time for the team, and you know does great work in in relieving pressure situations by being able to carry the ball away and. As you say, that mental, the positive sort of mental fortitude to to stick at your task when the first half he'd got nothing, absolutely nothing out of Rasmussen. And he just kept going and eventually wore him down. He should be like, he should do interrogations or something. Kadeem Harris, he's amazing. (laughs) Loved it. I absolutely loved it. And that's the kind of workmanlike performance that I think fans can respond to. It's not running around like a headless chicken, but it is sticking to your task in a in a sort of undeniable way. <laughs> and like erosion, he broke down Rasmussen. And I, I, I imagine he just sat in the corner of the dressing room crying. Um <laughs> I think seven and a half, I'm tempted to go eight, but that I, I, I am conscious that I, I'm sort of still on the high of the game. Um so Atty knew you next up. Oh, I've gone for a six for Atty. Um, yeah. I guess for, for numerous, numerous reasons, which I, I couldn't really decipher. You know, it wasn't um, wasn't really to be. Um, it wasn't really to be his game. Uh, I've also made written a little joke here, Rich, as well. I said oh, if before, if if before Atty we were never happy, then clearly we're just doomed to misery. <laughs> Very nice stuff. Uh, <laughs> I wanted a cart horse, especially one of a cast of a nature. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It just was, as you say, just not his day today. Not so through any real fault. So I think he tried, mm. but just nothing really worked. Um, yeah, so uh, last up of the starters, Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher, gone for an eight. Just a great finishing, just so classy in just all regards. It's such a joy to watch him at this stage because we don't know we don't know how much longer we'll have Stephen Fletcher for. 
in this Vettel. Yeah. But um, he's taken his goal tally to 10 goals for the season now. It is insane. Even with three penalties, I think, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a very, very, very good return from him. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible that he's just making headlines, really. Like, it just felt like it just when I was watching in the commentary, you know, the uh, the commentary I had on the, the zone feed is it was the featured game. So it will be featured on Quest. So you oh, can yeah. see lengthy highlights. Um, Paul Walker was doing the commentary. And um, just the fact that even though Paul Walker is someone with a very um, kind of local connection to Sheffield. Yes. Um, it's nice to know that basically someone in the media just kind of recognizes just how great he's doing. Yes. This is a, this is. Stephen Fletcher with undoubtedly, well, I mean, obviously there's a lot of the season left, but he will never have had a start to a season like he's had this so far this year. Like this is, I mean, he's already, if he gets one more goal, he's got as many goals as he got at the whole of last season. Um, as we touched on at the start, the most league goals he's ever got in a season is 12. He's already on 10. He's just playing brilliantly and I think that was the frustrating thing in the first half was what is the definition of a partnership that's not working well if Stephen Fletcher who by some measures is probably our best player at the moment is not playing as well with his when he's partnered with someone that probably Mm. means that partnership isn't working so I think that that's what that was the telling thing and I I do think it was a good change to make I probably I I probably would have been wrong but I I probably would have made the change for somebody in midfield I probably would have brought Luongo on or something like that oh yeah but it was going to be Atty that went because you, we knew that Stephen Fletcher could play much, much better than he was doing. I wasn't convinced that if we'd taken Stephen Fletcher off, I don't think Atty would have played that much better in the second half. So, yeah, we um, eight is, is, is I think, accounts for the fact that he had a pretty quiet first half, but a, a storming second half. I think that's... Mm. Fair, absolutely fair enough. Gives him man of the match as well for me. I, yeah, I undoubtedly. So. Definitely. You score two yeah. goals, you you generally take away the man of the match award. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll work through the subs. Uh, so Jordan Rhodes was on on the pitch for for the whole of the second half. I uh, ran around a fair bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I opted. I opted for a six. Maybe I. I well, I, that I think that's about fair. About right. Um, you know, even though he wanted to do some negative playmaking, um, he had that kind of Iago twinkle in his little baby face eyes. Yeah. Um, we still managed to survive that situation. Um, I will say two other statements as well. Two other sentences. My first is that uh, I wish he was Stephen Fletcher or maybe even anyone else. And my second <laughs> statement is that he is born offside. Yeah. He was offside a lot today. Like, a lot. Like, I feel you could have, like, a five-minute highlight reel of him being offside. <laughs> he did seem to be constantly offside, but then I think that's, yeah. You think that's to do with the high line as well? And uh, Yeah, but also, I think the chapter in his autobiography, which covers his uh, time at Wednesday, Will you know largely be some, something along the lines of uh, lines of uh, largely offside the Wednesday years? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I I I've never seen a player even Stephen Fletcher is not caught offside so consistently. <laughs> uh. 
Um, but yeah, I think six is fine. It's it's hard to point to what he did, but he certainly made the team play better with his running, and I, I think that that it was hopeful. I I don't want anybody to be an a like non-contributing lump in the squad and the fact that sure there's, there's an idea that from time to time there might be a role for Jordan Rhodes to play I, I have absolutely no qualms with that and if that's the case brilliant if we can get you know we keep talking about juice from the berries if we can get a few drips out of the Jordan Rhodes berry well done Gary Monk <laughs> Because we have been squeezing and squeezing, and there was nothing. Nothing He's found coming st- out from those, uh, nothing puncturing the skin of those berries. He has somehow figured out some sort of roads fracking method uh, with, with that performance. <laughs> <laughs> roads fracking. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, uh, next on was, was, uh, was Reach. Adam Reach. Adam Reach. I went for 6.5. Um, I'm enjoying the substitute birth for him. Um, I, I just, I miss his great performances. I miss, I miss yeah. prime Adam Reach. And it's, it's sad that he's not there. You know, I think about our predictions for the season and I thought our man of the season in the pretty conservative and middling year that I, I kind of panned out for us under that kind of brave new world of going into the season with Bullen and, you know, hilariously being linked with Gary Monk, but then let's just let's just dawdle around and see if uh, Bullen can, you know, yes. fail, f- fail this opportunity, which he did. Bless him. Um, you know, and I thought, like, the person who would be our probably prime player is Adam Reach, and uh, he, he hasn't been there. And he it's, hasn't. It's been disappointing. Yeah, I don't know whether... It's hard to know why it's it's the case, uh, but yeah, that's, that's mm. where we're at. He, he hasn't reacted... As positively to having competition for his place as yeah, we hope some people do and some people don't. Some people flourish under that sort of pressure. I mean, I mean, I remember Kieran Lee. I remember distinctly having a text conversation uh, with yourself and uh, and my sister, who is the other person that gets to be bored by me talking about football more often than not. Um, When uh, when Carlos came in and we we signed all those players that summer i remember just saying like well i don't think we'll see much of kieran lee and kieran lee got so much better (laughs) as Mm. the company around him improved he became a better player i I think undoubtedly this is the only time really that that reach has had people vying for his same position in the team and at the moment it's not it's not brought out the best in him. It's, he seems to have gone, kind of gone within himself a bit. Uh, but yeah, as you say, he's the start of him getting back to his best. Presumably, is is these bright performances coming off the bench, and and today was one of those. Uh, so I'd probably give him a six and a half, maybe. Yeah, that's what yeah. I went for. I think it's fair. Yeah. So um, I guess there's a funny thing that we talk about. Like, I mean, every squad can be improved. You know, yeah. imagine if we we somehow managed to find the next Kevin De Bruyne, and that Kevin De Bruyne is, you know, is then going to replace Bannon. And the thing would be, we'd all be incredibly sad because yes. Bannon would be on the bench. Um, but you know, sad in the best way because we've got the next KDB, you know, running the show in midfield for us and doing numerous fantastic things on the pitch. So yes. the maybe the slight upside, which wasn't kind of really sold today, was that usually we've kind of found that Jacob Murphy has been a better option. 
Yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know, having a better option than Adam Reach on the pitch is a slight kind of upside to his kind of situation. It's not the worst place in the world to be that whichever one starts, you have the other one running out been tired out for an hour or more yeah yeah. it's not a bad spot to be in i think generally we can rely on harris to be able to play 90 minutes he seems to have that in his locker more often than not but if we get to the point where reach or murphy whoever started is is starting to flag and get to bring the other one on Mm. neither of them are challenges you would relish having Mm chased a pacey hard-working winger around i think just weirdly right now is i think i'd kind of prefer both the substitute appearance for both murphy and rich <laughs> so well, one maybe has we to just do it at half one time has to, and think of it that way yeah there you go and um, one has to lose out by maybe you know mild you know disappoint me a little bit more in a mild sense you know from a starting position rather than coming off the bench but yeah it's weird right now it's it's the one area of the team that when things are going well, I still don't, you know, I think we can still improve that a little bit, you know? Yeah, I appreciate Anyway, it. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I'm just being very critical coming off the back of two wins on the spin. Yeah. So the last sub didn't have a huge amount of, uh, of time on the pitch, but uh, we should probably talk about him briefly. Action Mass, Massimo Alongo. Massimo- I went for a six. I cannot recall him being on the pitch. He... Put his foot in a few times. He's he's disciplined. Uh, he doesn't generally give away silly fouls, and he's a he's good at tackling. He likes to tackle. So I think it was a good sub to make because a, a tired Hutch absolutely would have given away two or three free kicks around the edge of our box. There's just no doubt in my mind that that would have happened. So I think it was a good sub to make. I think he came on and did a job. He didn't have that long to do anything. But yeah, I think six is fine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, well done the team. Good, it was a good performance all around that second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so just briefly looking ahead, we've got Derby up next. Yeah, midweek trip to Derby, and then we've got a, a kind of East Midlands doubleheader, right? Because next week is uh, Forest, I believe. So rest, yeah. So any any thoughts on those those two? Oh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we've come into like a very difficult spell, three games in just over a week. Um, and then, you know, this was a tough game. And yeah, we've come yeah. out of three points. Um, I feel like Derby should be easy, but it's probably not going to be easy. Um, so I, I can see myself getting a little bit... Dis- I really hope we can beat Derby, just because I, I don't, you know, I dislike Derby. And also, they've been a bit of a bogey team for us. Um, they're in the doldrums a little bit, aren't they? I mean, it's, They're a little bit in the doldrums. They're seven points uh, behind us at this point, and uh, yeah, not got not scored many goals. I I would be very happy with winning just one of these games. If we yeah. could win just one of these two games, I'd be very very happy. Um, both generally tricky ones for us, I think. Both um, of those games, Derby we, is is much more of a, a bogey team. I think we've we've maybe carved out a little bit of a, a streak against um, Forest, haven't we? Are we away to? Are we away to both? We're away at Derby. Yeah, we're away to both. Yeah, that's annoying. I, I really feel we could do with maybe Forest at home. You know, I so I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in these two games. Um, I'm not particularly optimistic, but then I I feel there's probably we could be mildly and pleasantly surprised by some of the stuff that Gary Monk is putting together for us. Yeah, it's it's another one of these 
back-to-back weeks, isn't it? So um, rarely do we see two good performances in a row. Uh, that doesn't mean the results won't be positive in two in two games in a row, but it's uh, it, yeah, it just makes things a bit a bit trickier. Do you think we'll be staying in a travel lodge in sort of Long Eaton um, <laughs> between the games? <laughs> And just finding some kind of local park to just kind of put some cones down and run around yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Monk's got this great thing where he takes a big plate along to breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, on that silly note, I think we should probably say cheerio. Awesome. Have a good week, Rich. Same to you and uh, everyone listening. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to look back at. This is a this is a tough week, but who knows? I mean, we're we're in good we're in good form now. We're teams should be starting to worry about playing Wednesday, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Here we go. See you, Rich. Thank you.